0: Welcome to the Draw Shop's Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business
1: influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to Get Genius. Hello, and welcome to another Get Genius episode. Today, I am talking to Jeremy Adams. And Jeremy Adams was actually just voted uh, top 30 entrepreneurs under 30 by Forbes and Influensive.com. So that's pretty awesome. He's under 30 years old, and he's had so many great accomplishments. Um, He's actually the business partner of Maxwell Finn, who I have had on the podcast before, if you've listened to his interview. But he's had... He's got several things going on, and we're going to talk about those. He's one smart dude, and uh, I'm so excited that you get to hear him today because there's so much that uh, you will learn in terms of building a business, um, and there's so much that he's still learning, which is what I really love about him, uh, is that, of course, I'm calling him a genius, and he does not refer to himself as an expert yet Um He's very humble, which is awesome, and he's super likable. And uh, he might not call himself a genius, but I promise you, you're going to get so many genius tips out of him. So let me tell you a little bit about Jeremy. He, um, he's, I believe, is one of those entrepreneurs that started when he was a little kid, just really excited about money, and he'll tell you his story. He wanted to earn money, and he was finding all kinds of ways to do that um but prior to turning 30 um he's launched multiple successful businesses and he's helped leading entrepreneurs and businesses with his sales and digital marketing background and he launched his first startup when he was 22 years old and that was prestige food trucks and he was able to turn that business into the world's leading custom food truck and trailer manufacturer and he garnered so much credibility that he actually landed multi-truck deals with clients like the U.S. Army, the Salvation Army, Dunkin' Donuts, Taco Bell, and the list goes on and on. Um, his company has manufactured some of the very best food trucks, and their prestigious work has been seen on a lot of shows and TV channels that you've heard of, like the Food Network or How It's Made, West Texas Investors Club, and again, the list goes on. Um, More recently, Jeremy was a founding partner of Quantum Media, which is um, a company that helps businesses of all sizes increase their conversion rates and grow their bottom line by leveraging retargeting and automation technology. And he did this with the original shark from Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. And he did this with his business partner, Maxwell Finn. Now him and Maxwell Finn have a business called Unicorn Innovations, which is all about consulting and working with clients on their Facebook marketing, um, their native advertising, their SEO marketing, Um, They have some clients that they do this for. They're very exclusive to those clients. And I believe um, Maxwell talked about this on our last interview as well. But um, even more so, they have a ton of information uh, available and they consult with uh, teams. If you have a digital marketing team who's already in place doing all of these things for you. Um, Really super cool guy. He's got a lot of great tips just on um, you know, how to, if, if you actually even have that, he's still trying to figure it out, but like kind of making you feel relieved about maybe not quite having that whole work life balance. And maybe that's not just like, not such an awful thing. (laughs) Um, he, but what he talks about what, what I feel is so important is, Knowing that you're not going to be good at everything, and I know that we can say that logically. Um, I know I'm not going to be good at everything, so I'm going to hire some other people to help me, but really, really understanding that there might only be very few things that you're really awesome at, but because you're so awesome at them, those are the strengths that you should focus on. And He talks a lot about that and how to go about doing that and finding the right people and and team to help you with the other things that may be your weaknesses. Um, where do you go to find those people? And also, where do you go to build your network and actually have a relationship of really high level entrepreneurs and influencers? How do you even become an influencer yourself? And just Some of the really big lessons that he's learned in building businesses at such a young age and what he's learned um, moving forward and what he probably hopes to learn (laughs) or knows that he's going to be learning more. So anyways, lots of good stuff. Um, He's uh, an incredible guy and uh, he's helped a ton of people really grow their businesses. So I'm hoping his advice and uh, what we talk about helps you to grow yours. Enjoy. Hello, Jeremy. Welcome to the show. Hey there.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: So um, I said this in the intro, but I'm super excited to be talking to you. You made a top 30 entrepreneurs under 30 with Forbes and Influensive.com. And that's pretty freaking rad. And so I know that there's a ton of good information and and stories and all that that you are going to share with us today. Um, and I'd love to hear how you as an entrepreneur began, like, was this, obviously you were really young, um, you're still really young, but like, when did it all start for you? When did you know that you were going to be a superstar?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't, I still don't consider myself a superstar because I feel like that's almost like calling yourself an expert, but I, you know, I, I am appreciative of where I've gone and I'm just so excited to continue to grow um you know as a young kid i i grew up in a pretty low income household uh lived in a really small rural rural town in the woods uh so i knew very young that's not the life i wanted to to live as i grew older and as i had a family one day and so uh really in in middle school i started uh doing side jobs and uh Uh, burning CDs for cash and just kind of little hustle jobs on the side to start making money. Uh, And I've always just been really good with my money. I've always had like, even in middle school, like I always figured out a way to have money. Like if it was like occasional birthday money or whatever, like I would always save it and I would just be really strategic with it. I would um, always like hoard it, I guess. Um, I don't quite think like that anymore, but at the time I was very good. And at 16, I started waiting tables and that really propelled and kind of opened my eyes to the idea of making money. So, in high school, I started making a consistent five, six, seven hundred bucks a week, which coming from zero money, this was about ten years ago. And um, you know that was that was good cash, considering I really didn't have any bills to to pay. So that really opened my eyes, and my career just kind of you know continued to to grow from there.
1: So what was your first experience in having your own business?
0: Yeah, so my first real business and when I was right when I turned 18, I like opened up an E-Trade account and tried to become a day trader. So like, I, you know, tried to, I, I played around with the idea of being an entrepreneur for, you know, many years and just risking, risking money and looking for sources of revenue and stuff. But my first real business that I owned on my own was, uh, Prestige Food Trucks, the business that I started when I was 22. I uh, worked with a guy from when I was 20 to I was 22, and I was kind of his assistant. So I, I helped him start some businesses, and I learned a lot very quickly. And then at 22, like I mentioned, we started a company that that manufactured food trucks. And lots of challenges, lots of hurdles. Almost went out of business like a hundred times, I think. You know the. Partnership got really stressful, but you know, overall it was an amazing learning experience and that business is, is thriving and doing very well almost six years later today.
1: Wow. So how did you like know where to begin? Because 22 is pretty young. I mean, I know a lot of people are are starting businesses at young ages, but there's, there's a lot that comes along with being an entrepreneur and having your own business. Where, where did you educate yourself?
0: Yeah, well, I really didn't know. I didn't know going into it. I kind of just taught myself as I went along. Like if I had a question, which I did have tons of them every day, I am typically I've always been very resourceful. And I've I started off being resourceful just with like Google and YouTube just because I didn't want to bother anybody. But now that resourcefulness has evolved to actually finding amazing partners and mentors and people like I bounce ideas off of and stuff. And I have some, some great mentors I'm very fortunate for in my life today. But you know, back then, I mean, anytime I had a question, there's, there's an answer or some potential answers, uh, with a Google search. And, you know, when people say that they just don't know how to get started, I just, I hate hearing that because there's the access to information is at an all time high. And if you really want to make it happen, there's, there's everything you need at your fingertips, at your phone.
1: So you have you have Prestige Food Trucks, but you're also a founding partner of a company called Quantum Media, who you are in this business with, if, if I'm correct, Kevin Harrington and Maxwell Finn?
0: Yep, so it was uh, Kevin who was on the first couple seasons of Shark Tank, so that was a really good experience. I, I lived in St. Pete a couple miles from Kevin and we worked together daily for, for quite a bit, um, you know, when he was in town. And that was a great experience. And it was his son, Brian, was part of the team, as well as uh, Max, Finn, and myself. And uh, yeah, I mean, we we had some great successes. Uh, we did, you know, multi-millions in revenue in about a, a year and a half together. So that was, that was fun. And uh, we still work a lot with Kevin and Brian on projects today. We, uh, Max and I did recently exit Quantum, though. We, uh, we decided based on sometimes having too many smart people in a group. Um, there's a lot of pros, but there's also a lot of uh, stresses when you know everybody has a different vision. And we we decided to to, to exit. And Max and I started our new company together, um, Unicorn Innovations. And uh, you know that that's off to an amazing start. We just started it really you know earlier in uh, 2017. So, so
1: tell us about Unicorn Innovations. And I love it because on your Skype it just has I heart unicorns. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. So yeah, we, we wanted to, when we were trying to come up with a company name, um, Max's fiance, Larissa actually was just like, unicorns are really hot right now. And then like the idea, unicorns are hot right now. And the idea of a unicorn, which is a, a billion dollar company, we kind of like that, that play on words from both sides. Like so our logo is actually like a nerdy unicorn and uh, he's wearing like a hoodie, like as we wear hoodies. And we just wanted something that was an expression of us ultimately. And so Unicorn Innovations is our, our uh, consulting and holdings company. And we actually uh, are in the process of launching Unicorn IQ, which we're extremely excited about. Unicorn IQ is going to be um, our um, high level online course and training company. And we've, uh, we've had our online first online course, Facebook ad IQ Academy, um, that we launched this summer. We have already over a thousand paid students. So because of how well that that's been doing and the, the traction and just how awesome the, the private group we have with that is, um, we decided to expand that. And now Unicorn IQ is going to have tons of high level courses. We're partnering with numerous experts. We're, we're really, really excited about that.
1: That is so cool. So you've, you've built these successful businesses. Can you, can you give us some, you know, what are the biggest lessons that you've learned in building a business? And then especially having, you know, multiple businesses that are doing multi-millions of dollars at such a young age, like what are, what are some of the greatest things that you've learned that have attributed to the success of these companies?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So I mean, there's a, an entire list, I'm sure, but a couple that come to mind right now are um, just knowing that it's okay, that no one has everything figured out. Um, a lot of people kind of, kind of, no matter where the level, like you see people, you think they have everything figured out, they're super wealthy, they're super successful, they have a big business. If anything, they have more BS going on than like you do. So no one has everything figured out and it's completely normal to be going through like self-doubt and going through confusion and i don't know what to do next you just have to understand like that's part of the process and it's completely normal and everybody goes through it it's not unique to you so that's that's number one and then just just staying not getting too high on your highs and not getting too low on your low on your lows just moving forward trying to stay as positive as possible and again like shit is gonna happen it still happens every day for me as i learn more and as i become more wise and experienced it does decrease right like i can kind of strategize and pre-plan for potential uh, headaches just because of already having to deal with them uh, previous learning lessons but you know those two things just knowing that every tough situation you're going through is normal and just uh, staying as positive as possible and continuing to move forward no matter what gets in your way. Because so many people quit because they start feeling sorry for themselves and like, ah, this isn't for me. And then just like, that's what stops so many people. It's just their own thought process. Um, So
1: It's so true because I think it, especially as an entrepreneur, there's so many things that you, you know, are, are thinking about. There's so many at the very beginning hats that you're wearing in terms of building your business. And then you start to realize that some of those hats, you're not actually, it's not your strong suit. It's not where your talent lies. And so it can get discouraging when you're having to do things that, you know, you're not so good at. So can you kind of speak to that in terms of, you know, your, your weaknesses versus your, your strengths and how to successfully overcome the weaknesses and um, understand your strengths more?
0: So most, I mean, I would say all entrepreneurs have a lot more weaknesses than strengths. It's just not realistic to be really good at a lot of things. And you need to figure out what your strengths are and only focus on those strengths and have either employees, business partners, whatever it is, virtual assistants um, handle, I would say your small tasks and your weaknesses. So it's a combination of not just delegating your weaknesses, but also delegating the tasks that you really, as an entrepreneur, shouldn't be spending your time on. Like I always, everybody that works with me know, cause I say it all the time, I sound like a broken record, rocks, pebbles, and sand. Like I only focus on rocks. Like if it's if it's pebbles or sand, like I don't want to like hear about it. I don't like, I know they're important and I know I need someone on my team to handle it, but I need to find someone I can trust that can handle the pebbles and sand. And I focus on the rocks, which is big partnerships, big decisions to increase revenue or cut a major cost, you know, cl- big client, whatever. But anything under that, it just hasn't been a focus of mine. And that's kind of my philosophy as well, finding those people to handle the the pebbles in the sand in your, in your business.
1: How have you been able to find such people?
0: I mean, if you just put yourself out there, like because of it's a little bit easier now because of people are more coming to me, a lot of people reach out to me, hey, if there's anything I can help you out with, which is good, and I typically will um, be open-minded and take people up on that offer, but really just selling people on the vision too. You wanna have people that are aligned with your vision, you wanna have people that are good character, you wanna have someone that you know, like if you're not there every day, that you could trust them, and you know, finding those people Is something that I focused on on where to locate them. I mean, I've there's a I was working at a a co-working space and um, I met some people. And I mean, there's all different levels of people just at co-working space. And it's like, yeah, just that. I mean, signing up at a co-working office, going there a few days a week, talking to people, you get some clients out of it. You can get some partners to help you out with projects out of it. I mean, you can get a lot of stuff just going to those those things.
1: Yeah, it's so true. Um, and they, and usually a lot of those co-working places will have networking events, um, and, and, and specific type events too. If you are looking for people, if you're trying to collaborate, it's pretty, it's a great way to meet other people, especially if you're looking to partner up with somebody or hire. I'm glad you brought that up for sure. And actually, now that I think
0: about it, I spend a lot of my time, energy, money, and resources in high level masterminds and high level coaching groups. I've spent um, I was just doing the math. I, I had a, uh, I was out with a friend last night and we were talking about that. I spent just under six figures in 2017 on coaching and mastermind groups. Like that's how invested I am in myself and creating a quality network. And I, those are the best places to get clients and partnerships at a high level. And I think the working spaces are the best places to build your team.
1: So true. So let's talk about the the masterminds and because I'm I'm such a big fan of that and I understand the return on on that as well. What would you say to somebody who's kind of on the edge of like, well, you know, I can't really afford it right now. When's the when's the right time to to join a group like that, especially if you're just kind of new or at a startup or maybe you can't quite afford it yet.
0: I mean, there's masterminds at different, all different levels, right? I mean, there's, uh, I'm sure you could find a mastermind that was $500 to join. And if you don't have $500 between your friends and family, figure out a way to get $500. I mean, just put yourself around quality people. And if it's not masterminds, go to a golf tournament or something where it's a $500 buy-in just to be like, I typically get much better relationships and quality of people by going to events that are paid because that's an ultimate qualifier. And people that are at these events, I mean, there's some super high level people in some of my masterminds, Their are guards that are so down. It's just like, you can talk business, talk business partnerships. Hey, can we help you with this? It's just, it's not even overly salesy because they have a mutual respect for you because they know you paid the same to get in the group that they did. So- It's, you know, paying to be around quality people and to bounce ideas off quality people is easily like top three best decisions I've ever made.
1: How do you find your, um, you mentioned business coaching, how have you found those people to work with? That's a question I get myself and I'm in business coaching groups and then of course you have a coach that's assigned to you um, and I had found mine being in, you know, one of my other networking groups and, you know, the referrals and the, and the testimonials about this particular group was just so big that it was like, okay, I have to join. And it's been so worth it. How, what advice do you have in terms of finding that right coach for you?
0: So what I've learned is, and typically coaches and the business side of things, maybe not like health coaches and stuff, but Business coaches, for me, the best ones have been older, right? Because they just have more experience and it's just a lot of wisdom. Like I'm in the digital marketing space. I don't ask my coaches about digital marketing. I mean, that's that's what I I do. But just as far as like dealing with partnership challenges and, you know, hey, I'm trying to build this company to sell, or you know, I'm going through this legal issue. You know, having somebody like that with experience has been the best. And most successful older. Uh, business professionals love helping younger, up and coming, hardworking business people. And so again, going back to these paid groups, figuring out a way to get into these groups and like just figure it out. If it's honestly, if you have a $5,000 limit on your credit card, it's worth it. Put max out your credit card, get in your group. You will make your money back. You know, like almost guarantee. I mean, you'll, you'll make easily your money back plus a bunch if you're in a decent group. Let alone really good group. But finding those people. And if you see somebody that that you think, hey, this is where I want to be in five, 10, 20 years, whatever, I mean just straight up ask them. Hey, I have a lot of respect for you. Um, would you be interested in like in working together, helping me with this? I could help you with this. We could, you know, collaborate, balance ideas. I would even be willing to pay you for your coaching. Again, just like if it's a quality enough person, figure out a way to make it work. I I I came from from no money. And so I don't like I never want to forget the value of or the like the idea behind not having money because I still remember not having it. But when it comes to being around the right people, you have to just figure out a way to pay for it. If it means not going out with your friends, getting a lower car payment, not buying new clothes, all those things don't matter. But being around the top quality people, that needs to be where you're investing your money.
1: Right. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's talk about building building your network now. Um, and I know obviously we're talking about you know being a part of these groups, but it's not it's one thing to just like go and meet these people. How do you how do you personally sustain those relationships um, with influencers and just people that are kind of You know they're they're like minded and they're different, but they're offering value to you. You're offering value to them. What what are some of the practices that you have in order to sustain those relationships?
0: Yeah, that's a great question as well. So again, the context and where you meet people is very important because you want to establish a a quality frame. And I recommend there's a book called Pitch Anything, and he talks about building frames with people. It's one of my favorite books. I've read it like three or four times. Um, pitch anything. And essentially having that level of like equalness, right? So if you're trying to partner with an influencer, figure out a way where you can be around them, where you're not like begging them to be around them. Like, Hey, please hang out with me. Hey, do this. First of all, I don't ever take pictures with people either because that automatically puts you lower than them. So that's just a secret of mine. I don't ever take pictures with people unless maybe we're like known each other for six months or something. But, uh, that's just like a weird thing that I have a pet peeve about. I think when you go and ask somebody for a picture, it's just say, hey, you're at a higher level than me. Um, can I get a picture with you? So I don't take a lot of pictures with people for that reason. That's just like a mental thing. But looking to provide value. Then once you're at that equal playing field, look to provide as much value as you can. Because it's influencers like Kevin Harrington, who I have my business with, Pat Flynn, uh, we're working on some relationships with some other um, super high level, recognizable guys, everybody reaches out to them and they want, hey, can you invest in my business? Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, help me, help me, help me. It's like, hey, Kevin, you have a lot on your plate right now. This is what I'm really good at. Is there anything I could help you out with based on you know my skill set? And I would be willing to earn your trust. Like I don't even care about money right now. Let me just earn your trust and show that I can help you and if after a month of working together you're happy we can work something out if you're not at the very least like no so no lose situation right um and providing a lot of value and just making connections adding to just anything you can to provide value ultimately is gets what's going to build that trust and build the relationship so then you start you know working on projects together and, and doing stuff like that and that's that's just really always been a focus. I still, no matter who I meet, I always try to, to provide value and to connect them and, you know, to, to share advice if they wanted and and stuff like that. It's just, that's just how I've really made, like, that's really what's been a priority of mine over the last couple of years. And that's really helped me grow as an entrepreneur and as a, as a business person.
1: Right. So going, going further, and I know this attributes to the question I'm going to ask, but You know, for somebody who really wants to become an influencer in their industry, what are what are some ways, or what are some you know absolute must dos for them in order to get there?
0: So, becoming an influencer in your industry, I would say initially, not focus on being an influencer, right? Uh, So many people. There's so many people online that are just like trying to be online influencers, telling you how to market your business. I'm a guru, blah, blah, blah. Like I recently with last year, I got the influence of 30 under 30, the Forbes 30 under 30. All I cared about for the last six years was growing my business and making my customers as happy as possible and building my team. And I, I didn't care about what the public thought about me. That stuff started coming a lot more organic and it's a lot more credible, too, because I have a business that's, you know, our my food truck manufacturing company has worked with huge corporations, the U.S. military, Salvation Army, you know, Taco Bell, Donkey Kong, it's like so many huge companies. And that adds a lot of credibility to me. But at the time, like I didn't care about being an influencer. I thought about building the best company I can build and providing the best service um, to our customers. And then everything else kind of followed. And then at that point, you have something you have a credible business to kind of back you up. And then when you're, you get featured on TV or you get featured in an article, you're like, Hey, I'm not just like completely full of shit. This is coming from my experience because I've built a multi seven figure, eight, eight figure, you know, company. Right.
1: Right. So in, in doing all this and you're managing, you know, different businesses, which takes a lot of time and energy. And I'm sure you love it. But what are what is the other part of your life, like the personal side? How do you make sure that you get enough of that free time?
0: Yeah, so that's something I've actually really started finding, figuring out as of late. Like I I have so much to learn as an entrepreneur, right? Like one of my one of my mentors and he's a business partner of mine, too, says when he was you know, he thought he was a genius at 20. And then when he was 30, he realized he was an idiot at 20. And when he was 40, or when he was 30, he thought he was a genius. And then at 40, he realized he's an idiot at 30. I mean, there's just so much to learn and so much to continue to, like, I can continue to grow. And that work-life balance or whatever that cliche is, that's never been a focus of mine because I've just focused on building the businesses. And now that business comes a little easier and I can kind of not coast, but I just don't have to work quite as hard the last year or so is really where i've been focusing on that that balance um i took a took a a three week vacation to to europe earlier this year i travel all over like i mentioned i invested in all these coaching programs and stuff which to me is 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 very fun and enjoyable it's not like i'm not like grinding and like answering emails and like making phone calls all day i'm just like talking with other high level entrepreneurs and you know so even my balance is still growing my business which is pretty cool but but yeah i mean just i'm i'm really still adding clarity to myself on on how to do that um transparency
1: so wh- who are the type of clients that you work with at unicorn innovations
0: yeah so we've we've worked we've been very very fortunate to um, work with some super high level clients. So the idea of our company, Unicorn, we had an agency the last couple of years with Kevin Harrington, and we took on so many clients. And what happens when you take on a bunch of clients is the quality control, especially in a digital marketing agency, Facebook in particular, Facebook marketing, it's really difficult to scale and build a team under to manage because it's such a, um, to make profitable Facebook ads, it's constant maintenance. You have to be changing stuff and tweaking stuff almost daily. It's really hard to scale. So we took on so many clients and it was good in the short term, but the, it ended up stressing us out and the quality of work that we delivered to the clients wasn't you know, what I knew we were capable of. So when we started Unicorn, we really made a mission to focus on our, our course and training program, as well as only take on a few high level clients. And um uh our ideal client is a uh an already very successful business. I would say, you know, multiple seven figures at the very least and higher, looking to scale that even further. Like their business okay. is already profitable, it's already making money. Um what our tagline for our company is customer acquisition made easy. That's what we focus on is taking a company that's successful and scaling it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So do you guys actually in those clients that you work with directly, do you actually handle their accounts when it comes to Facebook ads or, you know, email marketing and, and all that, or is it just consulting that you're doing? So
0: it's a, it's a combination of both, depending on the client, we will engage in some consulting services, like larger corporations have teams, right? They just want some guidance on what, like what they want their team to do. Uh, so a consulting relationship for the larger companies typically makes more sense because they just want, they already have a bunch of quality people in place. They just need uh, their skills to be fine-tuned and kind of just like given that that railroad track direction, um, the more of the small business, maybe in that five to 15 or $20 million range is where we'll engage more and actually perform some of the services. It just, it really depends on what their, what their needs are.
1: Right. So, you know, I actually, um, I'm just realizing now that I, um, that Max, I just had interviewed, I think it was last week, actually just so cool. Cause I'm, you know, you guys, d- did you guys do startup drugs together?
0: Yeah. So Max founded startup drugs. Um, but now, now we're partners together in it max and i i mean we've become best friends and we work together daily we're both out of orlando here and uh yeah he's a he's a really awesome partner we have a we have a great yin and yang type relationship i mean max uh he he uh if he could stay and work at home and uh you know be building campaigns and stuff all day he'd be the happiest person in the world and if i could just travel and connect with people and bring business and stuff i would be the happiest so we're like that that perfect partnership that doesn't really step on each other's toes—it's really right, cool,
1: right? Oh, that's so awesome! Yeah, it's so important. I know the same. Um, I, I've seen some partnerships where people drive each other crazy, <laughs> um, and I've it's had funny. to those already, yeah, trust me, so yeah. I've had
0: Max tremendously because partnerships—they are—they are marriages, and six months in, twelve months in so many things start driving all the partners crazy and it adds a lot of tension. So yeah. for sure.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're, if you're, if you're very different or even if you're very much alike, it's the, it's kind of the same thing. I think the big thing is understanding each other, you know, and understanding what each person's strengths are. For sure. So I have a question for you because I feel like we don't talk about this a lot on the podcast and I don't know if a lot of people, maybe a lot of people do know what it is. Maybe they don't. Um, but you know, we've talked a lot about on the podcast, Facebook advertising. We talked about that with Max. Can you talk about native advertising and what that is and that as, as an all, as another, um, marketing tool?
0: Yeah. So, and I, we have a, we have a great native partner that handles, um, you know, that we work with for a lot of our client work and our internal work, but um, I'm not the native expert on the team, but what native is a very effective um, form of advertising. And just so you kind of know our flow, we typically always start a campaign with Facebook ads, prove out, prove it out on Facebook, and then start transitioning to Google or or native. And native essentially is just, you know, there's native platforms like Taboola, and you can buy ad space on tons, thousands or millions of websites in their content pieces. So if I'm selling a sports product, I could buy ad space on uh, Sports Illustrated's website and place very, very strategic ads that actually look like part of the content in a content piece. So if uh, I was selling, I'm just like trying to come up with a random example. Like if I was selling like basketball shoes and there was an article about Steph Curry, I could place an ad in the middle of that Steph Curry article that is so in line with what the article is talking about. It almost looks like it's part of the article and it's it's, typically it's extremely effective. um, If you if you know what you're doing and you have a good a good product.
1: So that's pretty cool. But you first test it out with Facebook ads to see which are performing well.
0: Yeah, that that's really our core competency is is the Facebook ad side of things and that's that's what we've um that's what we've been spending lots of time, money and resources over the last couple of years. We have um, you know, with the I have some pretty good uh Google AdWords background as well, but we have uh, team members and partners that that execute a lot on the on all of these things. So we have a great Native partners, great AdWords partners, and uh, you know, great, great Facebook partners that we that we work with for internal projects and and client projects.
1: You guys work. You guys do so many cool things in terms of consulting with Facebook ads, um, search engine marketing, email marketing, affiliate marketing, conversion optimization. It's it's awesome. So it's like you said, if you have a team, you already have your digital marketing team to be able to get that extra because, you know, sometimes you have to step outside when you're doing it every day and you're handling the same accounts every day. Sometimes you need that outside consultant to look in and go, Hey, have you thought of this? Because I swear that happens all the time, just in regular business, as much as you get yourself out there and you're listening to other entrepreneurs and things that they're doing. It's like, there's always something more that you can learn that you are probably not doing that you haven't thought of.
0: For sure. And we, we never stop learning. I mean, there's, there's always, I mean, and Max is a very, very smart and successful Facebook marketer, and he's a great partner to have in that sense, but there's, we're not closed minded to think that we're, we're going to not look for 20 people smarter and more talented than Max to build a team around, right? Like there's just always smarter people out there you can uh, work with and partner with. And um, it's, yeah, I mean, there's just, and having that, what you just kind of referenced, having that non-biased 30,000 foot view on on your business is also very, um, very beneficial. So that's what I get with masterminds a lot too, is I'm having a challenge with my business. I just can't figure out how to, for example, we just launched a group coaching program and like we've never been we've always been behind the scenes like behind the scenes guys just driving traffic and campaigns we've never been ones to build a group coaching program and we were just stressing out and having so much trouble like how do we structure it how do we how do we charge what do we offer and um, a girl in my mastermind she spent 2 hours with me like on like two different phone calls an hour in each call and she helped me structure uh, our group coaching she gave me her agreement template for what she's used for group coaching and it was just so valuable and it just made that so much easier um and because i i I, and i was being a hypocrite i shouldn't have tried to do everything myself but for whatever reason in that case i did and it was after like a month of headaches like a couple calls with her and i just can like sleep better at night now
1: (laughs) exactly that's awesome Well, Jeremy, this has been so great, so many great pieces of advice and and takeaways. Um, I'm definitely going to make sure we have um, posts to book you mentioned, lots of lots of good stuff that you've mentioned. Um, And also, uh, our listeners can go to unicorninnovations.com. And we'll have a link to that as well. Um, Jeremy, thank you so much. This is awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And I would even add in addition to that book, uh, Max and I have an, have an audible account that we've invested a couple grand into. Um, we're constantly reading new books. And so, um, you know, definitely invest in your self-education. And that's been, that's been huge for us. As well, you know?
1: Yeah. I, every book I get, I'm like, every time I hear a book, I add it to my audible because you're always, you know, with, if you're traveling a lot, if you're on the road driving in between meetings, and you're not on the phone, it's like, it's just so easy. And I love it. You're just constantly fueling your brain.
0: Yep. It makes those long commutes. I actually, um, a friend of mine was telling me that she like hated her commute. Um, it's like an hour. Damn. I'm, like, I'm jealous. I could get so much audible time in there. Like, I'm like, you need to be reading. Like, so she actually is like doing audiobooks an hour each way. I'm like, you can knock out a book a week at this pace. I'm like, that's awesome.
1: No, I think it's I get excited if I have to go, you know, I'm in San Diego and if I have to go out to LA, I'm just like cool. I've got so much time in the car going there and coming back listening to, you know, all this good stuff. Exactly. Yep. Well, um unicorninnovations.com, you have to check it out. Jeremy, you're awesome and uh I hope I get to meet you in person one day.
0: For sure. I'm probably going to be visiting San Diego early next year. So I'll definitely definitely
1: look me up. All right. (laughs) Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.